I'm Kelsey Ryder. I'm Natalia Raymond. And this is Angelinos in Training, a podcast for people curious about Los Angeles by people who live in Los Angeles. So whether you're moving here, new to the area, or just want to better understand LA, we're here to help you navigate the city of angels. Angelinos in training. So today we have someone special on the show. We have another guest and they're going to help us understand a vital part of Los Angeles life and Los Angeles living. And they have so many, so many questions they can answer for us. They are a friend of Natalia's. Yeah, so we're going to learn about breaking into film crews today. And the entertainment industry is a huge enigma to a lot of people. It's really hard to understand if you're on the outside of it. So we're going to try to pull back the curtain and try to share a little bit about uh, what actually goes into making a movie or television show. So it should be a lot of fun. Let's introduce our guest today. We have someone who has been in front of the camera, behind the camera. We have Paul joining us. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Paul. Hello, my name is Paul Zechariah, and I'm so happy to be here, Natalia and Kelsey. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You're welcome. So, Paul, tell us, where are you from? I was born in London, Ontario, Canada, and I grew up in Farmington Hills, Michigan, where I'm currently residing due to the pandemic, but I spent a good six years living in Los Angeles. All right. Now, what brought you to L.A.? Well, as far back as I can remember, uh, I want to say maybe when I was 10, that's when I decided that I wanted to get into the film business. And that's what brought me to L.A. I wanted to be an actor and director and just having this big love for film and entertainment uh, starting at that young age. I was just like, okay, I got to I got to go to L.A. That's where I got to make it happen. (laughs) That's where it happens. Was there a particular movie or TV show that made you just like know that you wanted to be in the film business? You know, I don't think it was a particular film or TV show. I just remember watching a lot of film and TV around that age, uh, you know, as many kids do. But for me, I was really fascinated by who was in what shows, uh, who made what movies. Um, I would say Mm -hmm. a lot of the films that inspired me were like Disney movies and even films like E.T. Like I remember watching E.T. on VHS when I was young and being like, wow, this is like amazing. And the (laughs) funny thing is uh, when I was nine, I actually visited L.A. for the first time ever because I actually have relatives who live in LA. So I stayed with them. And when we went to all the places, Disneyland, California adventure, the year it opened up universal studios where (laughs) I took the backlot tour. And the one thing that amazed me was seeing the Whoville set from the live action Mm -hmm. Grinch movie. Cause I loved that movie when I was a kid and I was like, Oh my God, that's the Grinch set. And so it was around that age where I was just like, and being interested in Steven Spielberg as well because of ET. And I was like, okay, you know what? I want to be like this guy, uh, Spielberg. I want to make movies. So it's kind of where it came from. Did you have a moment like as a kid? Oh, this is a real job that people do for money. And that's absolutely (laughs) what I want to be involved with because, yeah, I can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah, I think for me, it was just also being like really just, I guess, 
amazed by movie stars and being like, oh my God, I want to do what they do and make a lot of money. But also I just, I, I love acting. I developed this love for acting and I started taking an interest in it and theater as well uh, uh, back in elementary school. Were you the kind of kid that like put on plays at home? <laughs> um, uh, n- not uh, necessarily plays, but I one thing that I like to do a lot uh, starting at a young age was uh, impressions as well. Mm. Um, so I started doing impressions and I, actually that's when I started writing a lot. I would write different kinds of stories and uh, I was also interested in animation for a brief period of time as well. I think most of that came from watching uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and being amazed at the blending of live mm. action and animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I, I was re- really interested in that. Awesome. So can you give us just a quick list of some of the shows that you've worked on as crew in Los Angeles? So my uh, resume includes such uh, shows and films as Grey's Anatomy, Castle, Bones, Jane the Virgin, American Horror Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Way Back, starring Ben Affleck. It came out uh, last year. The first show I actually ever did was uh, Community. I worked one day on that. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was my first uh, paid PA job ever. And I've I've worked on so many. Oh, Lucifer, uh, Drunk History. What else? There, there's a long, uh, big list, and I'm trying to remember some of the most notable ones. Well, you so you mentioned being a PA. How would you describe what a production assistant's job is on set? Like, you don't have to give a direct definition, but just so people who have never heard of a film crew, what would a production assistant or a PA do on set? Well, you know, the, the way I see it, the definition is very much there in the title, uh, you know, right there, production assistant, you are very much assisting and helping any kind of production with whatever needs that they require, um, whatever kind mm-hmm. of jobs that need to be done, little jobs, big jobs, any kind of job that um, that any of the other departments uh, aren't already doing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what are the different kinds of production assistants you might find? Sure. So the main job is set production assistant, and they have a lot of different tasks on set, whether it's handling background actors, the extras on set, or handling the cast on set, or as we we call them, first teamers. A very important job is also handling walkie-talkies, and you also have a position called the base camp PA. And so the base camp is where all the trailers are on a uh, set were for all the actors where they stay and where uh, they do hair and makeup and go through costumes. And the base camp PA basically receives them. They're the first ones to see them. And the, they're the last person to see them uh, after actors have wrapped. Uh, they check them in, check them out and make sure that they go through hair and makeup. And it's a very important job. Yeah. And then you also have additional production assistants who are there whenever there's like a big day on set to help with uh, lockups, which is basically PAs are placed in different parts of the set during a scene where they're there to help stop pedestrians from crossing uh, the scene. Um, (laughs) Those are always fun on big days, especially if you're working in like downtown L.A., like working in public. I'm going to tell you a very embarrassing story about how I blew a lockup. Oh, yay. Oh, tell us, tell us. <laughs> it, was, it was in my early months of working as a PA. I was working on the short-lived um, Rush Hour uh, TV series on CBS. Oh, okay. And we were shooting a big scene 
outside of the Walt Disney Concert Hall in oh, downtown yeah. LA and I was put on a lockup already th- this is this is uh also I'm just recalling here one of my worst days ever working as a PA. I did not work on this show again after that because Everybody gave me a hard time on this particular show. Yeah, I was new. I was green, whatever. But they were just not helping. And on this day, I was on a lockup. We had a group of tourists who who stopped. They, they were walking around on, on, on the sidewalk. And then they stopped. Uh, I had to stop them and be like, I'm, I'm sorry. We're about to do a scene here. We can't have anybody cross. And these tourists... I, they were from somewhere in Europe. I, I, don't, I don't think they spoke English very well. But I, I directed them to where to go. Um, and then they end up walking right into the set, right into the shot. Even though I pointed in the direction, I, I, I was like, I'm sorry, you got to go around this way. But they thought that I meant through the set. And the set requ- had a lot of parked ambulances and fire trucks and background going back and forth because it was a crime scene uh, set that they had set up oh. for this. And, of co- and I got yelled at, yeah, but, you know, that's just one of the many examples of, you know, PA is getting yelled at for blowing the lockup, and it and it does happen. But that that particular memory memory really just has stayed with me, and I'm it, mostly because of how I got treated after that. And it does happen. So, Paul, I do want to hear: Have you ever worked as an office PA or as a writer's PA? Any of the more office based production assistant positions? I have worked as an office PA, but it was never, I was never staffed as an office PA. It was always mm-hmm. uh, one or two day jobs, uh, sometimes on a major show, sometimes for a production company, whenever they needed someone to come in for a day to help do some physical work. I've never worked as a writer's PA, and that's something that I would like to do because even yeah. though they're job their duties are very similar to office pa work where it's like getting lunch orders clerical work handling phones runs all that stuff you are working alongside writers and because i want to write as well that's the kind of pa Mm -hmm. job i would like to have unfortunately unlike a set pa work office pa work and writers pa work they're a lot harder to get because they Mm -hmm. tend it, it, the people who hire them, they, they tend to hire a lot of the same people. A lot of people were like closer to them. So it's a lot more competitive. But CEPA work, you know, your name can get passed around here and there and you can work with a lot of different people. So how did you first get into doing set PA work? Like, how did you get your name out there and in the the like well into the brains of the people who make those decisions? Well, uh, the way I started out as a set PA was uh, by doing background acting. Uh After I moved to L.A. 2014, I signed up with Central Casting, which is the big background casting company in L.A. It's been around for over 90 years. And I started doing background acting on a lot of uh, shows and films and other productions uh, shooting all over the L.A. area. And what I would do is... I would talk to the PAs and the assistant directors or ADs on those shows and let them know, hey, I'm interested in being a PA if you ever need an extra set of hands on set. And sure enough, after a while of uh, what I call polite pestering of one particular (laughs) AD, I was able to be brought on for one day of working on Community during its uh, final season. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. because oh, awesome. yeah, because I did background on that a couple times, and I had known the uh, uh, second AD on that. The second AD is the one who does the hiring of the PAs usually. The second assistant director. So there's the first assistant director, second assistant director, and the second second assistant director. And the second assistant director is, you know, like I said, the one who does the hiring. And she brought me on, and then sure enough, um, the way I was able to get more jobs after that was I uh, I had physical hard copies of my work resume with me uh anytime i was going to do background on a set because i wanted to let people know who i was and i was interested in this kind of work so whenever i was so for example whenever i was doing background on a show that i that was working on a studio lot like fox or universal or warner's what, what I would do is um, not only would I go to the AD trailer at base camp of, of whatever show that I was working on and let them know, hey, uh, I'm a background actor, so and so, but I'm also interested in PA work. I would do that for I would give my resume to them, let them know that I'm interested and available. And I would also find other shows working on the lot and do the same thing to the AD wow. trailers of those as well. And That's I have so awesome. I have been hired like this. Um, cause I would, they, they would text me like, Oh, Hey, uh, Paul, this is the, uh, AD from whatever show. Are you available tomorrow? Or are you available for a couple of days? We need a PA. And I'd be like, yes. And then <laughs> sure enough, my name started getting passed around to other ADs from other shows. And they'd be like, Hey, I got your info, info from so-and-so. Are you available to work on this show? I'd be like, yes. And so after a while I started racking up more, credits on my resume and here's something that's also very important to everybody who's listening uh, if you're going to do this also make sure to have the name of the second ad who hired you and also the first ad as well because they want to see the thing is they want to see who you've worked with to know that you're legit and that you have experience it's very important mm-hmm. so that yeah. that's how i was able to do it it's so bold it's ballsy yeah <laughs> yeah um it's so bold but like i admire it so much <laughs> thank because you, thank it's you. really smart mm-hmm. yeah, it's really smart especially when you're that that detail you said of including the second ad and the second second because people always say and you were telling us this before too mm-hmm. that it's all about who you know but yeah. like obviously there's a strategy to knowing people and when central mm-hmm. casting can get you in the door mm-hmm. like that's how i've met a lot of my friends, that's how I've been able to actually get other work outside of just central casting as an actor. Yeah. It's not necessarily the thing that's going to break you into the business, but you can find work through it. And obviously, you clearly hustled your way through that in a very efficient way. So I admire that. I have a question, Paul. What gave you the idea to start trying to network for PA jobs that way? Well, uh, one of my friends at the time, we, we, we kind of moved out around the same time. He was also uh, wanting to do PA work as well. And I was just like, okay, this is a good way to kind of get my foot in the door and meet people and get some kind of consistent work. Then, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, I, I just I want to be able to work on set. I want to be able to meet people and talk to people and work alongside them and learn what it's like to work on a professional set because Previously, my experience had been on student films. Uh, I attended school at uh, Columbia College, Chicago, and I studied film and acting there. And I got my experience of working on film sets as well as directing my own. But it's like nothing compared to the what goes on like on a professional set. Uh, but I was, mm-hmm. but this, I wanted this to be my way of 
building a network. Whenever people ask, well, how, ask me, well, how did you get this kind of work? How did you get into this? And whenever they ask this to other people, everybody always gives the same boring answer, which is you got to know people. And you're not wrong about that, but they don't tell you how you how to know people. So that's why I always mm-hmm. say join central casting and start doing background acting or just any sign up with any background casting company like start doing background acting and i have some people tell me but paul i don't want to be in front of the camera and it's like don't think of it as like you're always going to be in front of the camera because sometimes you won't get used sometimes you're going to be way in the back and you'd be surprised how many different kinds of people you meet uh doing background acting not all extras are just extras and not all of them are just actors trying to break out some of them are are filmmakers producers they do other jobs you never know who you're going to meet. This is how you do yeah. it. So, Paul, you've talked about background acting and how that was a beneficial way to network. But do you feel like there were any other uh, modes that you used to network to get PA jobs? Yes, actually. And I'm going to tell you another way of getting work that a lot of people don't seem to talk about, which is Facebook. There are a ton of Facebook groups specifically for crew work some of them specifically for pa work there's groups like i need a production assistant or i need a paid production assistant i need a set pa slash ad film crew just all these different groups where you can find jobs and i've gotten a lot of jobs over the years simply by joining these groups subscribing to their notifications that way whenever something is posted i'll be the first one to see it and i'll immediately send my info to whoever's posting them so let's say for example um there's a job hey i need a pa for this commercial shooting in this part of la next week dates uh this is the rate uh, you can send your information here and i'll send it right away and then I'll immediately I'll be like oh hey i got your info uh, uh good work i'd like to bring you on i've gotten a lot of work mm-hmm. like this and it's not so much these kinds of jobs aren't for like the major work shows or feature films, like studio feature films. A lot of these jobs I've gotten were for uh, commercials, uh, reality shows, infomercials, music videos, short films, live events. So it's a lot of different kind of work, a lot of different non-union work, which is very different from union work. But it's also allowed me to get a lot of different experience from different aspects of the industry and meet all different kinds of people like i've met people who've never even worked on a lot of these shows that i've worked on for doing background so it's like it's almost like i'm building an entirely new network but the work is also Mm -hmm. very different i'm just curious what reality shows have you worked on (laughs) what reality shows have i worked on uh good question i have worked on um i worked there was a couple days i worked on this show my giant life for TLC. I've I've worked on The Voice, which I actually had a lot of fun working on. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. I've worked on a lot of a few stuff here and there because the thing is I I kind of there was a point in my PA career where I started to steer away from reality shows because I prefer the mm-hmm. the the scripted work. I prefer the union work, that environment right. a little more. But in my early days, I was just trying to get as many as much PA work as I could by working on different yeah. uh, productions. But I always liked uh, working on The Voice. It was it was fun. I, I liked the crew. I liked some of the different stuff that we were doing, particularly the um, the big open calls uh, that they would do. At the LA Convention oh, yeah. Center, I always liked working those. Um, oh, I worked on one day on Divorce Court. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And 
yeah, d- different stuff here and there. Um, but it's mostly the scripted work that, I, like I said, I, I tended to mm-hmm. navigate towards more. I've got a big, big question for you, Paul. Yeah. So you attended film school. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that gave you an advantage in trying to get crew work? Yes and no. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it goes back to this old question of uh, when people ask, uh, should you go to film school? And yes and no is the answer that I tend to give uh, for that as well as mm-hmm. your question. Because it all depends on what you get out of it. It all depends on what you make of it. I learned a lot of different things in film school, a lot of things uh, preparation for how to write and how to pitch and how to know what's where. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's weird. The The idea of getting work through background acting and Facebook, it was something that I kind of had to learn on my own as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I had a lot of knowledge and love uh, for the industry before, but this was kind of the hidden secret that no one felt like they wanted to share. Uh, yeah. And I feel fortunate that I've... It's not intuitive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like people... I don't know, maybe they just didn't want to think outside the box or maybe they just didn't want to use a different kind of way, different kinds of methods because they've used their own methods, which is, you know, fine, whatever. Whatever's Mm -hmm. worked best for you. But this has personally worked best for me. Okay, that's awesome. Now, I know that in Los Angeles, there are courses and programs to specifically learn how to be a PA. Would you recommend those and have you ever done one? I would say uh, I I definitely do recommend them because there are a lot of things that you need to learn before getting on a set. Uh, I know the big one Mm -hmm. is PA boot camp, which at first I was just like, PA boot camp? Okay, interesting. I mean, you're better as you learn. You learn as you go. But this was just kind of my attitude at the time when I first heard of it. But then PA boot camp actually asked me to come in as a guest speaker one time. And yeah, Nate's gone in before too. <laughs> oh, oh, as he, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. I went in and I was actually pretty nervous, not because like I'm nervous about speaking in public, because I realized, yeah, I've worked on a few of these shows, but I've never been staffed and I haven't had some of these specific roles. I've only just done additional work where I've just been brought in to do lockups or whatever. So I feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like if I were to get invited back by PA bootcamp to be guest speaker, uh, I would definitely go back and get, tell them definitely like what I learned now because I feel like I could be better mm-hmm. at it. But if there's a chance for you to learn, uh, do it because I'm going to tell you this. Being an, an additional PA, first time PA, working on a major TV show or a major film, it's like getting thrown into the lion's den sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine. There's this whole idea, this whole mentality of working on set uh, where it's just, you know, rush, rush, rush. It's, it's uh, a huge hustle and... People, a lot of people, especially people who you should look to as leaders and mentors, a lot of the times they're not willing to take the time to properly train you and guide you Mm -hmm. and instruct you. And so I've noticed this over the years and I may have turned into one of these like, you know, crappy jaded people uh, for a while, but then... After a while, I was just like, okay, I need to be better than this. So mm-hmm. that's why I've looked to a lot of the people who have hired me over the years. They've just been bosses. And I don't want to be like that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to be able mm-hmm. to actually help people get in because yeah. I, don't, I don't want them to do it the way, the way I did it. 
That's really admirable, too, because you're thinking of the next generation of people that you may be working with. Uh That's a big thing about L.A. and especially in the film industry that I don't think a lot of people understand is, yeah, L.A. is a huge city and the film industry is giant here, too. But when it comes to relationships with people you're working with, it gets very small town. Mm -hmm. Like if you know one person, they know another person, they know, you know, so news travels fast through that kind of channel. And you definitely want to be someone that you want to work with or who you would want to work with as well. So I think that's really cool that you've made a point to be like, okay, so how can I make this next generation (laughs) a little more knowledgeable about the set life and crew work? I love that. Because you never know who you're going to meet and you're never going to know who knows them or what they've worked on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's why you can't ever try to burn a bridge Mm -hmm. because you never know who that person might be connected to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, just just going beyond PA work, mm-hmm. um, Paul, can you walk our listeners a little bit through what kind of work PA work can lead to? So I'm going to tell you this. Um, most PAs, maybe not most, but I will, but I do know that great number of PAs are working to become assistant directors or the directors their main goal is to get into the dga the directors guild of america because they have this trainee program where you're basically training to become an assistant director so starting with a second second assistant director then second assistant director then first assistant director and then eventually director and they all have different jobs that they perform on set so with being a set pa if you're trying to get into the dga you need to get a certain amount of days right now i think it's 600 days that you need uh, all on uh, union productions, uh, feature films, uh, uh, TV shows, and uh, even union commercials as well. You need these days to build up this book of call sheets and or production reports or, or pay stubs. This is the kind of information that you need in order to get into that. And that's what a lot of PAs uh, strive for. However, not all PAs are trying to get into the DGA. Some of them are looking into other departments as well. Uh, So I know some PAs who have gone on to uh, work in the camera department. Uh, They become camera Mm -hmm. PAs. They assist, um, you know, the camera team with uh, whatever they need. And then they eventually become AC's assistant camera. And then they go from there. Uh, Some PAs, uh, I, I even know a couple who are getting into costumes as well. Uh, There Mm -hmm. are costume PAs and handling whatever jobs that they need. And a lot of the costume PA jobs are, I know I was told this uh, by some customers that when I worked on the rookie is um, uh, costume PAs are not allowed to actually physically touch the clothes, the costumes. You have to be, you have to be union for that because costume PAs are not union. But if you get a certain amount of days, you can join the costumes union. I don't know what the number of days is. I don't know what the process is like, Mm -hmm. but that's one of the rules. Um, That's what I've been told uh, because the costumers, uh, they have their own union. And that's another thing. All these different departments have their own union. So there's the union uh, Mm -hmm. for grip and electric. There's the union for hair and makeup. Actually, hair and makeup is two different unions. Um, two different uh jobs it used to, i think it used to be both but now it's just two different ones uh, and then uh what other departments am i thinking transpo is also its own union the mm-hmm. teamsters gotta go with the teamsters all these different aspects and a lot of pas are working towards doing those things some pas are also working towards becoming uh producers as well they want to join the pga mm-hmm. and they do that by um trying to get into the office like office pa and they can be an mm-hmm. assistant production coordinator in the office or a production uh, coordinator production manager and a upm unit production uh manager and then 
eventually a producer. Some are becoming a writers. And some are also, you know, trying to become actors as well. And they do this uh, PA uh, work just as like a day job or just to make money, which is mm-hmm. what I've been doing. Because I'll mm-hmm. I'll just say straight up. <laughs> yeah. I have no interest in becoming an assistant director. I never have. And to be honest, I never will. Not that I think there's anything wrong with becoming an assistant director. Assistant director is a super important job. And a lot of people don't seem to realize that. The first assistant director on any set is in charge of the set. They run the set. They are the many backbones of the set Um, because they're the ones who keep everything on schedule. They're the ones who keep every, everybody and everything in check, make sure that everything gets done by certain times, like throughout the day. So they can break for lunch and then they can move on to the next scene. They help see uh, the common misconception. um, Many people have about Hollywood is like the director is in, basically in charge of any everything and it's like that's not entirely true mm-hmm. the director creates the vision for the project the first assistant director enforces the vision they are mm-hmm. like the captain mm-hmm. pretty much they're the ones who give the safety meetings or whatever meetings at the beginning of the day and they decide when it's time to go to lunch and when it's time to wrap out for the day when it's time to move move on to the next scene and a lot of pas get want that kind of experience and they do that by the different kinds of jobs that they have on set, uh, knowing when the actors need to go, getting the background actors ready, all that stuff. And then they become second, second assistant directors. Well, first they become DGA trainees. Then they become second, second assistant directors and second assistant directors, first assistant directors, and then the director. So it is a very important job, and but it's also a very hard job, a very demanding job, a very, like it takes yeah. a toll on you physically. But it is, like I said, a very important job. And it's a job that I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot of responsibility. It is. Yeah, I don't think people always know how many, how many roles there are mm-hmm. on a set. Tons. Like there's so many different Tons. people just taking care of one specific thing, and that's enough to be like twelve hours plus yeah. every single day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Film is a collaborative yeah. effort. You know, it's it's a lot of different people running the show, different aspects, uh, all different departments and everything and basically the ad team is there to enforce the vision to happen they're the ones who make it happen pretty much and and a lot of the execution ends up being through the production assistants so even right. though they might be bottom of the mm-hmm. totem pole when it comes to the hierarchy on set mm-hmm. the production couldn't happen without them exactly exactly a lot of people don't seem to realize that and unfortunately a lot of uh, PAs don't get the uh, the recognition that I feel that they deserve. Uh, they don't get, mm-hmm. and a lot of them don't get don't get treated very well, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and it's sad because I, I I feel like they should get some kind of recognition. Not 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 always like you know they they don't need gold stars every day they don't need mm-hmm. like a good pat on the head whatever <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not i'm not saying like all pas should be acting like Anne hathaway's character from the devil wears prada i'm, I'm just saying it's like <laughs> l- like people don't realize how much work that the ad team and the pas put into making a film so that's our time for this episode but next week we're going to get to hear more from paul We're going to hear more about his day-to-day experiences working as a production assistant on big shows, and Paul will share why he eventually decided to quit. So we hope you tune in next week to hear Confessions of a Production Assistant. 
Thank you so much for listening. Just a reminder, the content of this podcast is based on our own opinions and personal experiences and may not reflect the opinions and experiences of all Angelinos. Music by Leo Jackson. Artwork by Trevor D. Richardson. Additional research by Natalia Raymond. And edited by me, Kelsey Ryder. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Angelinos in Training and on Twitter at Angelinos Pod. Want us to cover a specific topic about LA? Email us at angelinosintraining at gmail.com. <laughs>